day four together of our look through Hebrews chapter four, this chapter that's all about God's rest in our lives. We're going to look at verses 12 and 13 today. Before we do that, let me just remind you of where we've been this week talking about God's rest. We've said there are some things we need to make, some choices you and I can make in order to enter into this place of God's rest. Choice number one, you have to combine hearing with faith. Trust in what God has done. Trust in what God is saying. Choice number two is you understand that it's God's rest, not your rest. Choice number three, you make every effort to enter that rest. And choice number four, and we began to touch on this yesterday as we looked at what Jesus said. Choice number four is you depend on God's word to get you to that place of rest. Part of making every effort to enter into the place of rest is depending on God's word to get you to that place of rest. Right after Right after this chapter talks about making every effort to enter into that rest, not being disobedient, it goes into these words about God's word, verses 12 and 13. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Now, these verses that are familiar to many of you, it's important to see as we walk through this chapter that they're spoken of in the context of God's rest. The word of God that is so living, so active, sharper than any two-edged sword. This verse comes about in this chapter where we're talking about how God's rest comes into our lives. I'd also say as we begin to launch into these verses that they're very scary verses for some people as they first hear it. Everything uncovered, everything laid bare. I, I have to give account As we get to the end of looking at these verses today, I think you'll see that there's more confidence here. There's more peace here than you might imagine. But first, let's look at the Word of God. The Word of God, we're told here, it's living, it's active, it's penetrating, it's judging in our lives. There are a couple of things to never forget about Jesus' words that Jesus taught us. First, they are spirit, but then they are also living. God's words are spirit. If you don't look for the spiritual truth in the words that Jesus says to us in the words that God has written for us in the Bible. If you just look at the physical side of this, you're going to miss the point every time. His words are spirit, but he didn't just say they're spiritual. He said they are spirit. There is something different about the words of Jesus. There's something different about the words of the Bible than any other words. You and I have a soul, and that soul needs spiritual food. Where are you going to get that spiritual food? There's a lot of places that people look. They look in relationships and they look in habits and they look in hobbies and they even look in physical things like food and many other places we look. But the soul cannot be fed by physical food. It needs spiritual food. How are you going to feed your soul? At the movies? I don't think so. Die Hard 15 is not going to feed your soul. It's not going to feed this need in your life. How are you going to feed that need, the depth of need for a relationship with God. Jesus says, my words are spirit. That's why his words can meet that need in your life. Each morning, I spend a few minutes in God's word. I miss some mornings, but most mornings, I just spend a few moments in God's word. Now, do I remember five days later exactly what I read that morning? Not always. But do I remember five days later exactly what I ate for breakfast five days ago? No, not always. But the food that I ate five days ago nourished me for that day. And God's word can nourish your soul for that day. His words are spirit and his words, his words are life. They're life. When you think of really living, 
What do you think of? Really living. A vacation in Hawaii? An all-expense-paid vacation in Europe, first class all the way? That would be really living. Well, that'd be fun. That'd be enjoyable for many of us. But Jesus says, do you want to know what real living is? It's here in my word. This is where you find real life. Life that lasts. Life that lasts beyond a few months or moments or days or even life in this world. Life that lasts all the way into eternity. Jesus says you're never going to find any kind of life except for this. This is the life out of which all life springs, the life that comes from his word. Now, the world tells us something different. You could look at a thousand advertisements and see it in every advertisement. The advertisement says this is real life. This is what you need, this this vacation, this, this product, this whatever. The truth of the matter is his words are life. And those words that are life, we're told here, In verse 12, that those words that are life are living. They are active. These are not just dead phrases on a page. They work on your heart. They work to bring life to you. How do they bring this life? That's where you and I start to get a little uncomfortable. I love the idea that God's word brings life to me, that it's life-giving. The word of God is living and active. But then we start to get a little uncomfortable when we read, sharper than any two-edged sword. It penetrates to the dividing of soul and spirit. How do God's words bring life? The same way a surgeon brings life. Just like a surgeon will cut into human flesh in order to bring new life to an organ, new life to a heart. God's word cuts to the division of soul and spirit. Now, what is the division of soul and spirit? We could talk many, 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 many moments about that. But in essence, it's the place where my will and God's will have this battle. Is it going to be what I want or what God wants? My spirit says, my, my soul says to do this, my, my idea. But God's spirit within me is saying, no, this is where you go. This is what you should do. And God wants to bring that spirit to life. Is it going to be my will or is it going to be God's will? They cut to that place God's words do so that I can see the selfishness in my life. It's exposed. Once it's exposed, you can see it for what it is, and God can cut it out. I can't, but God can, and God does it through his words. They cut out that which is killing me. In so doing, they bring life to that which God wants to bring life in my life. I have a niece who, a few years ago, had to have brain surgery. Surgery was over 20 hours. She had a tumor in her brain, and a lot of the tendrils of that tumor had made its way into places where the surgeon had to go in and very delicately make sure that the tumor was taken out while the brain tissue, the healthy brain tissue, remained. God's words bring life. We need an expert surgeon to go into the places of our lives to take out the selfishness so that the places the Holy Spirit wants to invade can invade those places and bring real life to us. And the truth is, just like no one wants to go into surgery, we don't really want this to happen. All of us would say, okay, if I had a vote, I would like the life without the surgery. It's impossible because it's the surgery that brings real life. Now, in order to do surgery on our hearts, God has to judge our hearts. That's what he says here. Nothing in creation is hidden. Everything is laid bare. In order to do surgery on our hearts, God has to judge our hearts. And for many of us, that seems so embarrassing that God would have to judge our hearts. But the truth is, he knows our hearts already. He knows everything that's in your heart. And the one who knows everything that's in your heart, better than you know it yourself, he is willing to come into your life through his word, into your heart, 
and lift out that which is killing you and put through his spirit new life into your life. Can you imagine going to a surgeon because you had a heart problem and saying, well, I don't, I don't really want to talk to you about this problem because I'm, I'm just embarrassed to admit to anybody that I might have a problem with my physical heart. If you did that, you'd never go to the surgeon. And that's the way many of us act before God. You know the healthier way to realize, to, to recognize, is just to say, I know I'm not perfect. And if I know I'm not perfect, God knows I'm not perfect. And so I'm coming to him who loves me the most. His judgment of me is not to keep me away from him. It's not to keep me away from heaven. He's already judged those sins on the cross. That's already taken care of. His judgment of me is to bring health into my life. I want, if I go to a surgeon to cure my heart, I want her to judge the problem so she can fix the problem. When I go to God, I want him to judge the problem so that he can fix the problem, so he can lift those things out that are killing me spiritually. And he can put in the place of those things, things that will bring life to me. Lord, based on what we just read, and based on our faith and trust in you as our Father, that you want want what's best for us. We come, and for some of us, very tentatively, we pray this prayer. Lord, judge the thoughts and attitudes of my heart. Judge the thoughts and attitudes of my heart through your word so that you can bring new health to my spiritual heart, so you can bring new health to my life. So instead of me chasing after ways to solve everything in my life, I can realize that you, through your word, can bring a new kind of life to me, a kind of life that's not about what I chase after, but instead is about me following you. That's the life I want to live, Jesus. So thank you for your word. Thank you for what you can do in my heart. And like never before, right now, I open my heart to you, Jesus. In your name, amen. Tomorrow, we're going to look together at the impact in our daily lives of our great high priest. <laughs>